This is Jimmy Scroggins. I'm the lead pastor at Family Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. Are you tired of going to conferences, reading books, and listening to speakers who tell you how to do church when you know that you cannot do what they are recommending? You've come to the right place on our podcast. We're going to give you principles, strategies, and ideas that you can implement right now with the resources you have at your church because this is church for the rest of us. Welcome to Church for the Rest of Us. This is Jimmy Scroggins. I'm here with my co-host, Leslie Bennett, also Pastor Larry Mayer, Pastor Aaron Philippone, and our engineer, Carly Sealman, broadcasting from high atop the Family Church Complex, downtown West Palm Beach. That is <laughs> the third fancy. floor. High atop. Third floor of our office building, Super and fancy. it is the corner of my office. Welcome, everyone. Glad you guys are here. I think this is like week seven of the Corona apocalypse, at least, and I, I measure it from the time we stopped having church in person. Right. And so, you know, this is all different. We're all learning a lot. And uh, Leslie, one of the things that we've done at our church is we've had to reorganize our church because we've had to rethink everything that we're doing. We've talked about that on several podcasts, but it definitely is different. That's right. So we've moved into our apartment now is how we're calling it. And we're starting to put the clothes in the drawers and hang the pictures on the walls. So we reorganized around our core values, teach the Bible, build families and love our neighbors. Um, so Aaron and Larry are helping with love our neighbors. They're both campus pastors. They're both people highly engaged with the members of our church and those that are connected with our church. So as we get this new team started, we just wanted to invite both of you in to talk about how are we going to continue to love our neighbors in this new apartment living season? Yeah. So, well, I think part of this too, just so our listeners know, so we got three core values, teach the Bible, love our neighbors and build families. And so we've reorganized our teams around these values. So we've got teach the Bible team, Leslie, which you actually lead. And that is mostly our weekend production and our premium content and our web and our social media. So it's kind of like our outward facing kind of activities. But then we've got Build Families team where Pastor Derek Simpson is a team leader for that team. And they're the ones ideating content that's based on age. So they got kids, student ministry, and also they run our first connection online event, which is we're coming right up our first one. That's our membership class. And then also our seminar level, like large network-based groups that we're doing. So like our marriage conference and some other things that we're trying to use to bless our people and encourage our people, but also make a front door to bring new people in. And then Love Our Neighbors really is based at the campuses and the campus pastor level. And they're focused mostly on people and how do we stay in touch with thousands of people across our family church campuses. So Aaron, you're the team leader for Love Our Neighbors. Why don't you talk a little bit about what your mission is and the things that you're focusing on with your team. Yeah, sure. So one of the things that we have learned through all of this is that the relationships of family church are housed at the campus level. And we want to do our very best to really help preserve and cultivate those relationships. And so in this time, uh, the greatest way that we can care for our people is by communicating with them. And so we made a major play really at the front end of this pandemic to make sure that we're calling every member, texting every member, checking in on them. We've split those teams up into different groups as we've made contact. So one week we focused on several of our volunteers who volunteer. We focused on senior adults. We've had focused phone calls for single moms in our church family and just others that we know we need to check in with. 
And that doesn't stop. Jimmy, you made the comment the other day that this feels like Groundhog Day over and right, over right. and over again. And it kind of does because every yeah. week we're calling people, we're texting people. But yeah, one of the guys told me the other day, I've called through every person on my campus. I'm like, good. <laughs> Do it again. Do it again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so we're doing the very best we can to care. And communication is key in all of that. Just making sure that they hear from us. And we can't underestimate the power of the pastor's voice over the phone, yeah. just hearing from their pastors. So big. yesterday we had a church member who has been a member of our church for years. She served on staff here and her mom just passed away from the coronavirus. And mm -hmm. so she's grieving because she can't even have a funeral. Yeah. You know, her mom lived in Ohio. And so it's going to be very difficult. And so it was so powerful for me to just get to spend a few minutes over the phone with her. We're trying to do the very best we can to preserve relationships by caring and communicating with them. But now we're at a place where we really want to go beyond that. Our people are eager to serve. And so we're thinking through different ways that we can do that. We've already got several teams that are doing that. And Larry is really helping us think through what that needs to look like at the campus level and then in an organized fashion as well. Yeah. And Larry, so great to have you on our team. You've been on the podcast before, but having you and Deanna with us really is important in my mind for the forward movement of our church and our strategy. Before we get into what you're doing with the Love Our Neighbors strategy, why don't you talk a little bit about your background? Like, where have you served? How did you get to Family Church? I think that'd be instructive for everyone. Absolutely. Well, my ministry started over in Tampa, Florida. I was invited by my pastor. I was just in the business world, like a lot of other guys, invited by my pastor to join the team, to be kind of on the leadership side of the house. And that was something Dan and I prayed about for a while. It took us about 10 weeks, though. We were long at this thing. There's one minute I'm excited about it and she's not. The next minute she's excited and I'm not. We just it's called marriage. <laughs> and we're still doing that 32 right, years right, later. Right. So anyway, so we got invited onto this team and God began to use us in a significant way. It later on led to a transition down here to South Florida in 1999 and got to be a part of a uh, fairly new church plant that was down here soon. Without planning it, I became the lead pastor there and did that for about three years and then chose to take that church and merge it with a church here called Life Church based out of Oklahoma City, multi-site church, and did that for about nine years. And then Deanna and I took a little break and took a little time off. And then we re-engaged with another church that was in our downtown Lake Worth area called Church by the Glades. They had just opened up a location there. Very different than where we were pastoring before. If you want to say that something's on the other side of the tracks, we would say that, yeah, that was kind of on the other side of the tracks from where we lived at that time. And just saw God do some great things and then really felt drawn to the leadership here at Family Church, specifically your leadership, Pastor Jimmy, and just the heart and the mission behind what God's doing here by putting a neighborhood church in every neighborhood with a neighborhood team and a neighborhood pastor speaking the neighborhood language, reaching that neighborhood. And thus in lies the push where the relationships are housed at the local campus. And uh, that's just been so good to see. We've been here since uh, last November and loved it. Yeah. So what's crazy is, Larry, so you've been on, you know, we've been friends for, I don't know, over a decade. I've been friends of yours when you were at Life Church and at Church by the Glades, two churches that we love and respect deeply. And one of the things that those were kind of video driven churches with a big personality at the top, you know, with uh, David Hughes at Church mm -hmm. by the Glades and Craig Rochelle at Life Church. And so we have a kind of a different approach to all of this, but I still think your expertise in multi site. And of course, video now, like we're all video now, right? Say, yeah. You're that big personality. Now, I'm too. the big, per yeah, <laughs> unfortunately for everyone. So you, though, have all of this wealth as a church planter and all these different multi-sites. And now 
You've been doing that, though, in the same neighborhood. You've lived in the same house in the same neighborhood for how long? Yeah, since 1999. So two decades. So you have roots in the neighborhood where you are now pastoring a neighborhood church, a family church. And that gives you all kinds of relationships and roots and strategy, strategic opportunity for doing what you're doing. So talk to us about what your strategy is. What are we doing to try to love our neighbors here at Family Church? Well, I think one of the things that we're doing is we're embracing this season. It's a new season. I think it's a great opportunity for us to pivot. I know that's a word that's being used a lot, but for us to pivot in our missions focus and how we've done it in the past, especially here in America, I think we're prone to deny our needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's seen as a weakness. And this whole COVID thing has been just like the great equalizer. It doesn't matter whether you have a ton of money or whether you have no money or whether you're in an under-resourced community or an over-resourced community. We're all impacted by this thing. And so where I have struggled, even in my previous church background, to actually reach the neighbor across the street because they were of not the right demographic or whatever it looked like, right age, whatever it might be, I struggled to reach them. This has given me an opportunity to walk across the street again and strike up a conversation. And so I'm excited about this moment, about this opportunity that we have to do it differently. I'm an evangelist at heart in a sense that there's nothing I'd rather do than reach out to people who are far from God, disconnected from God, de-churched, hate church, whatever their issue might be, and just build a bridge. And these are opportunities for us to build bridges with our neighbors and not necessarily think about going overseas or to another community or to another state, literally like right next door, left, right, and across the street are people who have needs. And I have them too. And I think this is just a great opportunity for us to step across the street and do something different. You know, sometimes people who love overseas missions hear somebody say that, and it sounds like an excuse not to care about the people on the other side of the world. Fortunately for you, Larry, right now, all international travel is suspended. (laughs) (laughs) So so this is actually your moment, man. All the people who say, you know, you'll go around the world, but you won't walk across the street. Well, you can't go around the world now. So, Larry, what are we going to do? Well, I think part of it has to do with stepping into this with some sort of humility. Not that we've got all the answers, not that we've got everything figured out, but we do love and we do love our neighbors. I think that this pandemic I think there's a lot of the world that kind of lives this way all the time. They're in isolation. There's always something overwhelming happening. There's something oppressing or whatever it might be. And now we're having an ability to identify with the rest Mm, of the world. That's good. So I think two approaches is kind of what we're dealing with right now. We're talking about an organic approach and an organized approach. Both of them are two approaches to kind of addressing the same needs of loving our neighbors, but they're handled very differently. The organic approach is the one that's kind of my favorite because it's kind of like grassroots. It's kind of church out there. Yeah, it's the church out there, but it's not me organizing something to move a bunch of people, which is effective, which is good. But it's that moment when I go grocery shopping for a neighbor and I just go over and drop some stuff off at their front porch and leave. Like I didn't leave an invite that said, hey, come to my church with me. I just said, we care about you. And we walk away. The other day in the storm, I don't know what happened in your house, but across the street from my house, a single lady who lives alone, she had a branch come off and just take out one of her lights. And it was an opportunity for me to walk across the street, remove that light, replace it, and just say, you know, we care about you. We love you. And so that's kind of the organic approach. Our church has been doing that really for a while now. And some of the examples that I've heard about, you may have heard about this one. It was out on Facebook for a couple of weeks, but there was this 8 p.m. call for everybody to go outside of their house and howl at the moon. And I know some people we had to do that, but it was for a purpose. Okay, let me get to that. I can see why you would like that, Larry. (laughs) 
<laughs> so you're howling at the moon. You're making a bunch of racket with your neighbors for first responders. It was what the call was. And that's kind of organic, right? They just kind of started on Facebook. There was no organization that was heading it up. They just kind of did it on their own. We've seen lots of posts about people putting sidewalk chalk out, inspirational messages, maybe a scripture, maybe just a smiley face. Why do that? Well, because your neighborhood is walking in front of your house right now. You don't have to go anywhere. They're coming by your house. Mm -hmm. You can leave a message for them that's encouraging out by the street. We have people jump in at food banks just on their own. They make a phone call and go, hey, where's the closest food bank? How can I get in? Organic. Very simple. We got people delivering groceries, delivering drugs. Not from the that, standpoint. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Think, me, <laughs> Pharmaceutical, Pharmaceutical prescription. prescription. We'll actually have it all. <laughs> some of these people are already reached. Some we're still trying to reach. <laughs> We've got some who are handwriting notes, birthday cards, anniversary mm -hmm. cards. I'm thinking in terms of, man, just writing cards for just people you know who are lonely, who mm -hmm. are by themselves. Drop it in their mailbox. You're walking through your neighborhood. You see police cars. You see fire trucks or fire chief cars or whatever. Write a note. Put it underneath their windshield wiper just saying, hey, we appreciate you. You're doing a great job. And walk on. Those are great ways for us to have an organic type ministry. There's lots of other great ideas out there, prayer walks in the neighborhood. One of the ones that I've heard about that I really like is it's getting your neighborhood. You drop a card in everybody's mailbox, say, hey, let's everybody do dinner in their front yard on Tuesday night from 7 to 8 p.m. And just everybody do dinner in their driveway or in their front yard. As the neighbors walk by, you get to engage with them. You get to say, hey, to your neighbors. It's really, really a cool way. So that's the organic way. Yeah, that's one of the really cool things about the pandemic. I mean, our whole neighborhood now is outside. People yeah. are riding bikes. People are out there walking. I mean, I've seen people that... People that I know that I haven't seen for months. We saw on the street the other day. We stopped and had a conversation <laughs> with them, see how they're doing. So, yeah, it's really taking advantage of the moment. Like we've talked about that at Family Church. Like, what are the moments? And yes. let's take advantage of the moment. And I uh -huh. love all of those ideas. Like, this is our moment and let's take advantage of it. That's awesome. So, I think what we're going to do is we're going to put together a list of these ideas get it out to our campuses, let our campus pastors maybe challenge their campus to say, hey, just as your family, do one of these a week, just yeah. one a week. Yeah. I think yeah. it'll make a huge difference. Me too. We just need to populate them with some ideas and some thoughts. And you know what? They'll probably come up with some better ones. Mm -hmm. Probably some of the best ideas are still in the minds and the hearts of the people who call Family Church home. Hey, Aaron, yeah. as we work on that, you've got all of these different campus pastors and our relationships are housed there. How do you think the campus pastors are responding to this? And how are the people kind of on the ground. How are they responding to it? Yeah, everyone's responding so well. I think years from now, maybe even months from now, we're going to look back and say, man, we did such a great job of caring for our family, our church family. And our people feel that right now. They feel so connected and cared for. I want to make sure that we don't miss out on the moment, like Larry was talking about, that we look back and say, man, we were the people that did whatever we could to really capitalize on the moment to take care of our community, to be the church out there. And so I think some of these organized and organic ways are ways that we're going to be able to do that. People are chomping at the bit. <laughs> People are bored. They're looking for opportunities that are safe and socially acceptable. And so it can be anything. Like my daughter, Grace, she's in second grade and her Sunday school teacher, Miss Didi, has written her a couple of handwritten notes. That has just made my daughter's day. Okay, Perfect. If my daughter feels that way, I wonder how other community members would feel that aren't really connected at family church. If we could just write them a handwritten note, if we could just reach out to them in a way, you know, maybe a coworker or maybe a neighbor, let's find ways to really bring them in to be a part of the community of family church. That's good. Yeah, I think that's so great. I, my kids have experienced the same thing at family church. They're different group leaders. Even my 11-year-old elementary son having a Zoom call 
with his small group. And of course, he doesn't really know how to work Zoom very much because we don't like <laughs> our kids that are that age don't have devices and phones and stuff. So because we're like Luddites, you know, so so <laughs> but he thought it was cool that he got to be on a Zoom call and he got to see his friends and see his teacher. And yeah. so I just loved and I didn't set that up. I'm not this wasn't like, hey, the pastor trying to get something to happen. This is just organically happening with a bunch of families. And I think that's great. And I agree with you, Aaron and Larry. If that's how we feel, and we're already kind of plugged in because we're like work here, mm-hmm. man, how do you think that makes other people feel? I think they're surprised, and I think they're really, really glad. Let's say at your campus, you guys do a lot. Sherbrooke campus for Family Church has proven to be one of the most cohesive campuses, I think, in our network. And you guys do multiple, I don't know what you call them, but like Facebook Live events every week and all this different stuff. What are some things happening at Sherbrooke that you're hearing about this kind of organic movement towards blessing our neighbors? I mean, a lot of the same things that Larry has mentioned. I mean, people that are wanting to take, you know, deliver groceries or do some of those things that we've been able to do. This wasn't neighborhood, but it was kind of fun. We actually are proceeding on a new building at Sherbrooke. And so we put out the opportunity for church members to come by and put a prayer request that we would pour into the foundation. And so many people came out and did that. Mm -hmm. Um, So wanting to engage still with what's happening at our campus and, you know, just finding, like you said, socially acceptable ways to reach out to people. Our pastor's wife, Heather Muir, has a Lily Pulitzer mask. So that was, she was showing that off. So, you know, there's wow, all kinds of ways uh, yeah. to still be fashionable during that's the for pandemic. More high as end well. campuses. Exactly. Uh, like um, where the Bennett's go. So, yeah, yeah we, all of our campuses have a lot happening. So, Larry, you also mentioned organized. So, what are you thinking in terms of our organized approach? I like your organic and your organized. And that's organized, that's yeah. working out well. So, the thing that I love about the organic before we move on from there is that. I think some of the best stories, I think those are some of the most inspirational stories that come up where just somebody on their own decided to walk across the street, walk across the cul-de-sac, whatever it is, and care for, love on, take care of their neighbor and their friends. But they're the hardest to like get the stories from because those would work great in a weekend message or a devotional or wherever they might be. We'd love to hear about those because they're so inspiring to other people to go, hey, I can do something little. Because right now, serving small is the new serving big or is the old serving big. So it's the small random acts of kindness that have really, really big impact. So, But on the other side of that is the organized one where we kind of go out and we investigate and we determine, hey, we need 20, 50, 100 people to serve at this one location. Those are great. It's kind of a lot of people showing up and we can obviously measure that for success and we can have film crews out there to get stories and all that kind of stuff. And we're going to do some of that stuff as well. We've got right now, every one of our campuses has a partnership with a local school. So we're going to have the campus pastors call those principals and just say, hey, is there anything going on at your school that is just moving your heart that we can partner with you on to make a difference? Because they're not meeting anywhere. And they may know of some families who are hurting, who lost a loved one, and we could write that card. We could deliver that meal. We could pray for, we could care for, we could be the church. Even in these non-Christian schools, we can be a partner to them and help them out. I think that's a great way for us to do it. We're all reaching out, I think, to our local mayors just to say, hey, Mrs. Mayor or Mr. Mayor, what's something going on that's grieving your heart in your community right now that really your hands are tied? You can't do anything about, but maybe we can. Maybe we can partner with you. It's a great time to build relationships with the leadership of our community. And they have some big ideas. They've got some big hearts. That's why they ran for office. And we got a chance to partner with them. One that I'm excited about that is coming up on May 7th, 
That's actually Nurses Appreciation Week. I think it coincides with Hospital Appreciation okay. Week. I got a hold of one of our community representatives and said, hey, what are you guys doing? They said, we need some help. What we're trying to do is like between 645 and 715 on May 7th is we're going to do a bunch of sidewalk chalk art. We're going to have it organized to speak a message to all the heroes that are coming on into the hospitals. And we're going to jump in and be a part of that. And so that's where families can be involved in. Some kids can be involved in. Some students can be involved in that. A lot of these hospitals are also, I'm finding out, setting up pantries for their workers. Mm -hmm. Because when after they work a 12, 14-hour shift, instead of going to the grocery store, they can just grab some of those things and go straight home and be with their families. And so we can be a part of supplying some of those needs through all of our campuses to meet the needs in those hospitals. That's coming up on May 7th. I think that's going to be a great one. And then we're investigating many of our other partnerships that we've had just to find out how can we partner with you. Some of them, their hands are tied. They're not able to do what they used to do. So we're kind of limited in those areas, but we're investigating all those opportunities to organize and maybe have three or four or five campuses or maybe all 13 campuses, you know, pulling our resources together, manpower together and making a difference. Yeah, I do think as uh, our listeners are going to be hearing this, a lot of you are starting to open back up. So your mind, depending on where you live and if you're in a more rural environment or more in the Midwest or, you know, kind of more in the Bible Belt, you're probably making plans to open back up. I've got friends who are having church this Sunday in person. And so you may think like, man, you guys are still talking about something that no one else is dealing with. Well, I'm not so sure about that. I'm kind of interested to see how all this reopening goes. And I think over the next two or three months, we're likely to see some kind of accordion action of we're going to open up, then we're going to clamp back down, then we're going to open up. I think there might be a few movements of that over the next six to 12 months. And so I think all of us are going to have to be thinking carefully about how we can maintain connection with our people, expand our pool of relationships, and deepen our relationships by showing love and care and concern both organically and in an organized fashion (laughs) in order to love our neighbors. I'm so thankful, Larry and Aaron, that you guys are on our team leading off this. If there's one thing you'd like to say to our listeners, and just remember there's so many that there are one pastor, one employee, church, small staff. What's one thing you'd like them to take away from well, this? Well, I would say I agree with you. We are going to see an accordion effect happen over the next several months and maybe even years. But there's not one thing that Larry just mentioned that you couldn't do three months ago. And so all of these ideas are things that you can do to help build the relational connectivity between your church members and your community. And so I would encourage anyone that's listening to just do something. Find one way for you to really raise the bar, move the needle in the area of relational connection, either within your church family or within your community. One easy idea is find out when your church members' birthdays are and call them on their birthday. Write a note on their birthday. That's something anybody can do at any campus, no matter what size your church is. So find a way to just build that relational connectivity. I think that's so, so important. And I just want to thank all of you for the way that you serve the Lord and the way that you serve in our church and lead our people to love their neighbors, you know, that's one of the things Jesus told us to yeah. do. So it's not optional and it's not tangential. This is central to the mission of Jesus. Thank you guys for leading us in that way. And all of you who are listening, I'd love for you to get in touch with us. If there's any way we can help you, if you want a list of ideas, if you want anything from us, call us, email us, get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. And we want to be a part of your journey as you serve the Lord in your own neighborhood, and your own community. From high atop the skyscraper, (laughs) family church in downtown West Palm Beach, we're signing off. This has been Church for the Rest of Us. 
Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. I'd love for you to follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Scroggins or check out FamilyChurchNetwork.com to chime in on our blog. We want your feedback on today's podcast. Plus, we want to know what you are doing because we want to learn from you too. Hey, until next time, this is Jimmy Scroggins and you've been listening to Church for the Rest of Us.